Pints and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and So that means that you are a max fun donor. We sure do appreciate it. I love you personally. You. Mm-hmm. Whoever you are, I love yeah. you. Much love. We're Much big love. Fans. Yeah. This is the bonus episode of Tights and Fights. The only way you can get this is by becoming a max fun donor. So let your friends know when they find out that you're listening to this episode and they go, How do I get it? Well, I'll tell you, sucker. Become a donor next year. Donors get the bonus donuts. Yeah. Or if the drive is still going on right now, tell them to donate for goodness sakes. But what we're going to do here is a little bit of a break from our normal format. We have a ton of questions that we got from our Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. We asked you for questions that you want us to answer, and you obliged. So let's dive right in. (coughs) Before I die from dropsy. (laughs) Francis DiNardo wants to know what the origin of the Tights and Fights podcast is. The origin? Um, I will tell you my origin. Yes. I was at dinner with Travis McElroy, and I was like, I really want to do a podcast about wrestling. And he said, well, let me tell you that Maximum Fun is thinking of starting one. And so I wrote to Jesse and said, hey, I heard that there is a wrestling podcast going on. I really, it might have been even more slide. It might have been more like, I really want to do a wrestling podcast. So if you ever do something like that, <laughs> I would love to be involved somehow. Yeah, the inside track, though. Uh, yeah, so that yeah. was how I got involved. Uh, and then I was looking for people who knew about wrestling that weren't exactly like me. Right. So have a bunch of other, like, <laughs> what does this heavy white guy have to say? <laughs> Finally get the point of view. And John Moe. Uh, yep. Met with you, he, and he and he had, and he had sh- pointed me at a tweet. I think that Jesse sent out looking mm. for yeah, that's how they found wrestling me. fans. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. So the tweet, and then John connecting or letting me know that you guys were thinking about doing that. And, yeah, and you and yeah. I had met at at a spontaneous nation. Yep, we did. Yeah, and I thought, I thought there's no way he remembered me. Of I course I remember how. Well, I don't know. You guys were all so good when Janet was there. Yep. And who else was there? Uh, was... Jean Villapique. Yeah, man. You guys were the awesome. Great Jean Villapique. See, you're so talented. Yeah, I got, um, I was doing comedy in Portland, and at some point during the night, Jesse put out a thing that was like, hey, so we're looking for um, some people. Who do we know in L.A.? That, uh, a lady in L.A. who likes wrestling, um, especially a woman of color. And I came back from telling jokes, and I had about 25 mentions. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, a lot of people were like, no, Danielle Radford. Like, no, like, that's... I guess you don't get to choose your brand, you guys. And I talk enough <laughs> or about Or you wrestling. choose it every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I guess I, I talk enough about wrestling. Um, and I've been on other podcasts, and I've done, uh, I've done stuff. And I've always wanted to do a wrestling podcast, but it was, again, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, another one? Right. And another There goes another one. I will say the thing that sets our podcast apart, and a lot of people say it, and we all know it, is our producer, Julian. Julian! Julian! Who is the reason why we're structured like this. Heck yeah. Julian, how did you get involved in the show? Talk, Julian. Uh, We want your voice. 
Okay, so I remember Jesse sent me an email out of nowhere. He said, hey, would you want to, you know, produce a wrestling podcast for Max Fun? And the funny thing was, I was really bogged down with work at the time with like, because I work at KPCC on most of the other days of the week. And I was like, fuck, do I want to do that? That sounds like a lot more work. (laughs) That'd be stupid if I turned this down for nothing. And another, so like that was, that was how that got into it. And the other funny thing that happened was I remember I met Danielle and Mike before I met you, Hal. Right. And I remember we were talking, like Jesse mentioned you like, oh, so-and-so, I I just heard name wants to help host the show. Right. So when we were talking, we were like, oh yeah. And like Colin didn't like, didn't, uh, Jesse say somebody else wanted to host and Colin was like, nope, nope, I don't remember anybody else wanted to host. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Here's a a story where I look like an idiot about the day that I met Julian and Mike. This will be fun. Um, So I was very excited. I got very dolled up, which I don't do anymore, but I got very dolled up, hair good. It was my own hair as well. It looked amazing. It was tight. Uh, It was great. Lipstick was great. Everything was good. So we get to the meeting. Um, I'm having fun. I'm meeting everyone. I come and I'm like, yeah, this is going really well. I am so fucking charming. And so at the end, me, <laughs> me and Mike go to give each other a hug. And I notice Mike is staring at my mouth and he kind of like cocks his head for a second. And I'm like, is Mike going to kiss me? Do oh I look God. so good? He's going to kiss me right now. So I leave and I walk home. And as oh. soon as I get in, I go to look at myself in the mirror like, yeah, girl, you did it. Lipstick all over both of <laughs> teeth. And I th- I'm assuming Mike was trying to I, be like, I don't, I don't remember happened? any of that <laughs> at like, all. But I'm so happy of my involvement in that story. Oh, my God. I knew I was bad. Oh. I couldn't be more pleased in my involvement in that and story. Yeah, and I, did, I looked right in the mirror and just lipstick all. And it, it had to have been there. The entire oh meeting. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> they can't all be a, Batman's origin story, can they? I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> wow. Whoever asked that question gets all the cookies. They yes. Get all Thank you, the cookies. My God. Oh. Alvaro Varela asks, once Vince dies and assuming Triple H takes over the company, do you think his vision of focusing more on the sports side of sports entertainment can work on mainstream television? My answer is yes. I think it is missing right now. I think we've gotten so deep into it's a show, which it is, that we've lost some of what makes it enticing to watch. That, like, that is the, the, the more you make it like sports, like the Cruiserweight Classic did, right. the more it becomes, you, get, you sort of get lost in the, in the kayfabe. That's why Marl Ronello is so great on SmackDown, because he calls it like a sporting event. That's that's my take. I agree completely. Yeah. I think that um, the, it's kind of what all of us kind of secretly want is for them to take a little bit more seriously. But we have mm-hmm. come up in the age of uh, Crash TV and the Attitude Era and all yeah. that, where things just got so ridiculous. But, I mean, I think the 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 non-seriousness of it is what keeps the audience from growing as big as it used to. I feel like there's a lot of people around the country who when they're flipping through channels and the first thing they see is something fucking ridiculous, yeah. then they just keep going. You know, like there's nothing drawing them in and, and getting that, um, what's it called, suspension of disbelief that I think is necessary that a lot of us had as kids. Yes. You know? Yeah, I, th- I mean, if you look at how big NXT got when it started being pumped up by like, obviously NXT is great and it's good to have like a training ground for people who don't necessarily have as much experience with huge crowds or on television. But when you look at literally all it took was for like 
a bunch of more experienced people to come into <laughs> NXT. And that format took off because yeah. people were ready to watch something that was grounded in the wrestling and in telling good stories rather than having big spectacle. And there right. is a difference. They're not the same thing. Yes, absolutely. All right. Michael Llewellyn asks, what gimmick did we have high hopes for only to see it crash and burn? Uh, the most recent one I can think of is that um, I was I, I thought Kurt Hawkins was going to be a big deal. Mm. And, and not that I thought he was going to be great. It didn't seem like the best gimmick ever, but it seemed like attention going into a debuting character that they were going to put in some sort of prominent position and they just chopped him out immediately yeah mm. i mean i guess for me it was um speaking of nxt what happened to tyler breeze and how good that gimmick mm. was and how much fun it was on nxt and you know when he would do things during the doing their live events whatever um you know during their takeovers where he would have like oh, now there's a bunch of ladies who are Tyler Breeze's. Oh, and now here's the Statue of Liberty and all that stuff. And so for him to then get to the main roster and they just clearly didn't know what to do with him. And now, I mean, I don't... Was he... When's the last time he was... I don't even remember the last time. I'm sure he was. He was on was. SmackDown. Yeah, uh, As of this police. taping, yeah. he was, he was on last Tuesdays doing Breezango thing. Yeah, don't remember it. I would actually say the exact same thing as you. I, I love Tyler Breeze. He's a hell of a worker. Mm-hmm. The reason why they had him face Jushin Thunder Liger, there's a reason why he, you know, he he could put on a good match with anybody and go with anybody. Yep. And he had a great tailor-made gimmick. Maybe it was a little too over the top, but it can't be in a, in a company where they pushed Adam Rose really hard. Right. And the Funkadactyls were not that long ago. Yeah, they had a hip-hop dinosaur. Like, you're not telling me that you can't make a uh, a man who is Tyler Breeze sexual, meaning that he only wants to bang Tyler Breeze. Yes. Um, you're telling me that you can't make that gimmick work? Right. That's a bummer. Exactly. Michael also asks, with the announcement of Paige getting a dramatized movie made about her life, I think it's a sitcom, isn't it? No, it's, no, a, it's movie. a movie. Yeah. It's a movie? The Rock is doing a whole thing. That's right. That's why he was in L.A. All right. Uh, who else from the wrestling world deserves a movie made about their life? Hmm. Um, well, and part, I mean, obviously The Rock would be great, and that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But part of the reason why he decided to do Pages, I think, is because he's interested in the idea of a wrestling family where everyone is wrestlers and they're still wrestlers, but like, and they're still like actively wrestling, but he didn't want to do something that was about his family because he was like, I'm st-, you know, I think it's just that I'm still alive. Like, I don't need yeah. to. Well, shit, you know, Paige is still alive, too. Paige is still alive, too. But, I mean, it's also, it's different when it's your production company. Right. And you're canonizing yourself and your family. Um, but I do think that there is something incredibly interesting about that family. And going back to, you know, his his grandpa and then his dad and then all of the other fucking people that have come up. I think you do a movie about him or I think you do a movie about the Guerreros. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Nathan Jones would be a great no. Uh, <laughs> I think I Zeus think, Tiny Lister. Yeah, I think it'd be Zeus fantastic. Do like two whole scenes about the making of Fifth Element. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would love to see a movie, a fair-handed movie, good and bad, about Vince McMahon, and and specifically, you could take it through from him joining the company with his father because there was a weird relationship there where he didn't grow up. He grew up in North Carolina, not with his dad in New York. Joins the family business, tries repeatedly, I think, to buy it until he finally gets it, and then turns it into 
a glow. Like you could take it all the way up to WrestleMania one, and that success. I think that's a hell of a movie. I would love to see a movie about that, um, because I'm a, I would be really interested in a movie about the business yeah. in the wrestling. I'm not so much interested in like the personal stories of the people, because I feel like. Almost like the founder or something like that. Yeah, really about. exactly. You know, because I'm just I'm just always really concerned about getting worked by wrestlers. That's all they really do is work people. So right. I feel like if you give brother, one of them brother, a chance brother. to like, work, 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 yeah, work. exactly. If you, if you give them a chance to do a fictional story, it's going to be like cut up and it's going to be all lies. And yeah, I will yes. say yeah. that 30 for 30 on Vince is coming. It has to be. I mean, sure. I, not that they've announced it. I'm just saying it is going to happen. Um, and it's going to be one of the best 30 for 30s they do whenever they finally get on that. And it'll probably yeah, documentaries. be a I'll watch endless documentaries about sure. wrestling. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, John Kim asks a time-tested classic wrestling question. Favorite finisher? All time, huh? We're going all time? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, sure. All time. Yeah. Um, Go all time. One all time, one current. If they're the same one, that's fine. Jeepers. Um <laughs> I still I I really like the bank statement. I know it's super okay. current, but I just like I like the transition of the backstabber into a submission hold yep. because it gives you that pop of something. If the person she's doing it on can get that kind of flip right, yeah. Because um, obviously there are some people where it's like, well, that that person's not getting the backstabber because they can't do the thing where their whole body flips, in, <laughs> right. like, uh, you know, uh, the three hundred and sixty degrees. But you get that really strong visual pop of like someone doing that flip and then it goes into like the tension of a submission hold right um which is i think part of what makes the move special i know i know it's sasha whatever but there's a reason why i love her so much you guys it's not just because she's a pretty pretty princess it's because <laughs> she's really good at because there's been a lot of pretty ladies in wrestling you don't hear me talk about them as much as i talk about stuff. <coughs> um and that's yeah but i think that that's part of what makes it special plus it's just fun to watch people wear her like a backpack that's true uh, I will say all-time sweet chin music. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Current, I love the end of days. I end of days is everybody great. everybody yeah. taking it. Everybody taking it. It I makes th- it look like a million bucks. I think it's a fantastic move. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't have a current. I'd have to think about it. But um, all-time, the power bomb has always mm. been my favorite. Oh, okay. Absolute favorite finisher. Mm. Like the last ride version of it? No. Or just anybody doing Sid power Vicious bomb? is where he used to... Um, he used to do a thing where he'd drive you down to the mat and he'd end up on like one knee. Mm. Okay. That was that was my favorite one. Yeah, I think all right. like all time it would have to be the stunner. Like if we're going yeah, all time, it's pretty great. Or we'll also say the diamond cutter. Like it's like it's just that like the stunner's way better. than The, the stunner's way better, <laughs> but the diamond cutter is still visually like yeah dope. But the stunner is mm. the fucking stunner, and there's a reason why it's. The stunner. I also really like the rock bottom a ton. The I was a huge fan great. of the rock bottom. Rock the people's great. elbow is stupid. Oh, I love it. Slam. I love yeah. it though. It's yeah, the stupidest yeah. thing I love. It's supposed to be stupid. Like yeah. that's the point of it. It's I used to love in the first SmackDown THQ game, you would do the people's elbow. He'd throw his right elbow pad. If you mm-hmm. did it a second time, he threw the left, left elbow pad. And then the third time, he would look at both elbows and look like, "Well, what do you want? What the fuck you want me to do?" <laughs> I'm out of elbow, elbow pads. Left. <laughs> All right. Fantasy booking time. Mitch LaRose wants to know that if... Okay. Mitch LaRose wants to know, if we could build a four-wrestler stable with one of us as their manager, what would be the name of that stable, and what would the gimmick be? Oh, shut up. Four-wrestler stable with what? We're we're the manager. We're the... What? We're managing a stable. Of ourselves? Of four wrestlers. Oh. You're going to fill a stable with four wrestlers. Okay, got it. What's the gimmick? And what is the name of the stable? Shoot. That's a that's a that's a thinker. 
It is. Ah, think about if you that. Want, I, I'll I'll go. Yeah, go. All right? I'll take a stab at it when you're done. I'm gonna call it the shooting range. It's gonna be Kurt Angle, Shelton Benjamin, Jack Swagger is the powerhouse who never speaks. <laughs> never. And if we're pulling people just out of time, I'll take '93 Bob Backlund. Wow. That's just the crazy all guys who are collegiate wrestlers, all guys who can stretch you out, and are super dangerous. And they're shooters. They'll wow. shoot on you. Yeah, they will. Shoot. That's pretty great. Let's do it. And I would be. And it would be funny if I was their manager because I look like I've never wrestled. The only <laughs> thing I've wrestled is like my body out of my pants after a full pizza. <laughs> Mike, you go. You got something? Um, um, yeah. Let's. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna do. The name of our stable is gonna be. That black excellence photo, and it's gonna have. So, so, um, the new day and Sasha and um, what's his name? Cedric. Sw- Rich Swan. Rich, yeah, Rich Swan. Yeah, yeah, man. And then managed by Reverend Slick, of course. Reverend Slick. <laughs> Reverend Slick. Reverend yeah, Slick. of course. Just have him. You don't even want to manage. You just want to put him together. And yeah, and have him. He needs to be around. Okay. Well, here's here's what I'll do. All right. Um, you do Reverend Slick. Here's what I'll do. I'm gonna take Slick, 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 of Eaten Fried Chicken fame. Um, I made y'all watch that. Yeah. If y'all haven't watched it at home, um, look up the the Slick uh, uh, Jive Soul Bro and then cry. Um, so I'm gonna take him. I'm going to take Crime Time, and not the actual people, just the characters. I'm going to take um, I'm going to take The Godfather, and the stable is going to be called Danielle Shoots Stereotypes into Space. Okay. And I'm just going to take them, <laughs> and I'm going to shoot them into space. <laughs> Homeboys in outer space. Not the actual people. Homeboys in outer space. Only on UPS. Homeboys in outer space. Guys, I don't know what you did, but you drove Mike out of the booth. <laughs> but Danielle and I are going to soldier on, and we do have Juliet out there. So let's keep going. What do you say? Yes. All yes, right. King. Yes, queen. All right. Here's another fantasy book from Morgan Stevenson. How would we book the new day to break up? I would book. Um, I would book Kofi as being not Kofi. I would book. Um, I'd book Xavier. To finally just one day, like, hit one of the dudes with the trumpet or do something with, 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 and just be like, I am not, I am a wrestler and I came here to wrestle and I think that's how you do it. And and him showing, like, I'm strong, I'm as talented as either of you, so how come I'm always on the side playing a musical instrument that I picked up a month before we started doing the gimmick? And how come I'm not taken seriously and that's what i would do i would have it be like xavier woods is ready to be taken seriously so he sells out to you know maybe not necessarily like a shield thing although you know a shield breakup thing although that would be great if he was like no i'm gonna join the authority because like i know that i can do this and i know that i have something special and i'm talented and i'm tired of just being you know the guy who plays the instruments and and makes the jokes i am a wrestler and i came here to wrestle I like it. I also I also have uh, Xavier Woods turning on the group, but I have him cutting a promo where he says, for however many years, I've had to sit in the background while the two of you wrestle all the matches. You were the tag team champions even though I got to hold the belt. And now it's my turn to be a champion, and I have the perfect partner to get me there. And who is his new partner? A returning Bobby Lashley. <laughs> 
So now he's got huge muscle to save him from Big E. And he goes, they they become like the new Sean and Diesel. I like it. That's great. Yeah. So I like, we have the same thought. The same thought. Xavier's the one who needs to turn. He's the one that needs to turn. Yeah, for sure he does. All right. Kyle McCowan asks, uh, did either of us ever grow out of wrestling at some point? And if so, what brought us back? I did. You did. Tell me about it. I mean... I, and grow out of wrestling is very relative when I started watching when I was, like, in my late teens. Right. But just, like, all of the trappings of the Attitude Era just started to get, like, at least in a lot of the Attitude Era, you still had some women's matches along with the, the dumb matches. But in the early 2000s, it just became so much, like, pudding matches and water matches and all, all the stuff that I make fun of on misogyny, uh, or sorry, misandry corner. Right. And so that's why um, I took a break for a while. I just couldn't, like... I love wrestling. I love watching it. Um, but probably sometime after 19, um, I would still watch some of it. But I took a break for a long time. I didn't come back until the pipe bomb. Right. Just because a lot of it was the treatment of women. Like, I just, I'm not going to, you know, if you're telling me that, like, to me, it was them very blatantly showing me that they didn't care if I watched or not. And they didn't care about, you know, and it's like, well, if you're not going to. If you're gonna show me just like a bunch of this shit, I'm not gonna watch it. And there's a lot of other like I didn't like, I didn't like the stuff with like Vicky, and I didn't like you know there's a lot of and I can't I would come back for the big stuff. Right. I'm trying to remember exactly when I left. I remember I saw Benoit, aka Redacted, when I remember I watched Eddie's win. Obviously, that was 2004. Yeah. Um. But I think that those might have just been things where I heard they happened, and I was like, okay, well now I have to watch. Right, let me go check. It <laughs> yeah, because it's now I have to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I took I took quite a break during that mid two thousands era, just because it was like, woof. So I guess I missed most of the ruthless aggression era. Okay. Yeah. Um, I took a break from like nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety four. Mm. I was thirteen, so it's thirteen to seventeen, and I, there was no. It wasn't like I outgrew it. It's like I got into other stuff. Yeah. Like I was real into baseball. And then in that time, I got into hockey and playing video games and whatever. Um, and then in like 93, 94, 95, I got way into it again. Like yeah. would watch, would try not to miss anything. And then when I, when I went to college, I was too busy to, to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't come back to it until 2000. And even then, I, like it was never outgrowing. It was just... It wasn't important enough at certain points in my life that I was setting aside time for it. Yeah, this was also and I, and yeah, I should also point out that I don't know that it was necessarily like outgrowing is just right. kind of like it got phased out because I was like not it wasn't I don't know. I, I I guess outgrowing to me sounds almost like it's more of a like I am now an adult and I must put away childish things and it wasn't right. really like that. It just became more I found myself not enjoying it as much and therefore not making it a priority. But you guys also like during these times like DVR and all that stuff like was either not around or it was prohibitively expensive. Right. So, and there wasn't like, you couldn't really find matches online or anything. There wasn't like Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. So no you were watching, yeah, there was no YouTube. So you were watching on Monday and you were watching on Thursday or you were just like not watching and it's really hard to get back. It was really hard to get back in and, and catch up back in those days. So you yeah. just take breaks. We would go to the local video store because there was no blockbuster there. It was like West Coast or Suncoast video. <laughs> and you would rent like, oh, this is uh, Best of Hulk Hogan. Or yeah. I'm going to rent WrestleMania 5 and watch that or WrestleMania 4. Because you weren't able to see them 
uh, you know, we my parents weren't getting pay-per-view. And then eventually we had a scrambler. Whoops. Oopsie. So I was able to watch pay-per-views. But, uh, w- like, the thing that cemented me getting back into it and really following it was in 2000 where I was watching it and realized that it was a work. Because I never thought about it before. That When I was a kid, I thought it was real. Oh, yeah, And then as a yeah, teenager, yeah. I was like, I just didn't think about it. I was just like, this is really cool. And it, you just don't know the outcome. Now it's way different. But uh, that's a story for another time. Yeah, but yeah, Maybe. no, like there was definitely that like, because now, you know, thank goodness that we have all these ways to watch it because I also like I have a busy life. I'm a writer. I do comedy. I do other things. I can't do television by appointment anymore. Yes. And so, you know, if, if we were back in the old days where I had to watch it on, on certain times or I just didn't see it, I don't think I would. I don't think I could be into wrestling now. It's just like I, I have too many like... You know, stand-up comedy happens at night. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, a lot of the, the writing and stuff that I do, that stuff happens during times when I would otherwise be watching wrestling. You know, we tape this while uh, NXT is on. Yes. Like, there's, you know. Yeah. I, I will get to work at 6 in the morning to work, and I'll have it on, like, a, th- like a small window. Yeah. I'll be catching up if I don't watch it live. And th- thankfully, my wife is very, like, hey, do you have to watch wrestling tonight? But I'm trying to... For, you know, living with somebody who's not a wrestling fan, trying to balance that. But this podcast has done a lot for making sure I continue to watch and stay involved, which I'm happy, which I'm happy about. It's sort of a side benefit of having, uh, of hosting a podcast about wrestling. Man, I have a, I have a Mark boyfriend and even sometimes he's like, no, we're not going (laughs) to. It's too much. I'm not not watching Raw. Like it's even, (laughs) even with him sometimes it's like, you know, you can't make somebody watch seven hours of wrestling a week. You can't do it. And he's. Super into wrestling. <laughs> there are limits. There are limits. Uh, our hosting sister, Mira Waters, asks, as far as problems with pro wrestling as a storytelling medium goes, what is your hill to die on? Like, what is the thing that you think stories have to adhere to at the very at the very minimum? Oh, that's interesting. I, I've, I've, because I can see it on here, I have an, I have an answer if yeah, you want to think for a second. Yeah, give me a thing. I'm thinking. Motivation. I have to understand why two people have an yep. issue and what they're fighting for. When one side or another doesn't do it, you can tell the best story in the ring. It will not have an impact if I don't know why people are going into it and fighting. Andre Hogan, might not a great match. It's an epic match. But the reason why you care is because of the background that these characters have. And they have a ready-made story against each other. And Steamboat Savage had an even better story yeah. of Steamboat being put on the shelf. So he's coming back for revenge and for the title. The Macho Man will do anything to hold on to it because the title's the most important thing in the world. That's why title matches are so uh, are, are a lot easier to understand from a story perspective because somebody has something they don't want to lose and the other person will do anything to get it. No, I do. Like, that's... Motivation is super... Like, I don't want to take yours because that isn't no. really... Yeah, that is, like, a super important... And it's part of any... That's just good storytelling. Like, you have to know why people are doing it. It's the reason why in Bond movies they take that 30 seconds while he's drowning in the shark tank to be like, I bet you want to know how and why and yeah. where and blah, blah, blah. Because, like, the who, what, where, when, and why, the why is an important part of all of that. Yeah. Um, I guess, for me, uh, something, something that I think that stories need to have... Um, to, to be able to make it work. Uh, I, at a certain point, like even with a jokey or like a gimmicky character, like they have to, 
I don't like stories where it's just someone getting dumped on and dumped on and dumped on and dumped on and they're just kind of like the butt monkey, which is which is actually a writing term. Right. Um, I don't like that because <coughs> what's I want it even if you don't necessarily like both characters because obviously you're not so in most cases you're not supposed to like both characters. Yes. I don't like a butt monkey. I think that that's very like I think that's a weak way to tell stories. And sometimes WWE will do that where they'll just be like, you know, um, especially sometimes people. When they get into a match with John Cena and then all of a sudden, like, you know, he, he's going against Del Rio and he's like, oh, and your cars are rented and oh, and your blah, blah, blah. And I know that sometimes I'm like FK fabe, but like, I mean that in moments where it's like helpful or it saves stuff or where it can serve the story. It doesn't, if the story that you're telling is that Del Rio is like this rich dude and he's got a, like, what, how does it help the story for John Cena to take the knees out of him? And I think that that happens a lot where people will be in a feud because they're like, the cool guy that's too cool, right. instead of like respecting the story that their opponent is telling, they just kneecap them. And I think that every, I've never seen a single instant of that happening and it'd still be working. And even when sometimes someone will do something and it's a shoot and it's interesting, I would rather that than, again, that thing of like, well, you know, oh, well, you say that you're a prize fighter, but you're, you know, you're this, or you, you know. Yeah, I'm going to make you look like shit to make myself look good. Right, but, and they wind up kneecapping the story to exactly. do it. I, that just doesn't work. Well, I mean, that's the same with, like, a wrestler in the ring. If you don't make your opponent, you know, Hogan was great at making his opponents look like they were going to kill him. So his comeback meant something. Right. If he had just made them, and if he had just no-sold everything, he wouldn't have drawn any money. Yeah, if they're fools, and if they're, you know, if they're fools, and if they're completely weak, and if they're completely dumb, and if they're completely, they're not dangerous, even if sometimes that means they're a coward and they have other people to be dangerous for them. Yeah. If they're, then why does it matter if you're beating them? If, if they're idiots, or if they're, it doesn't matter. So yeah, I think it's just, you know, selling stuff, selling your opponent, you know. You can find ways to still be like, I just, I, and I do, I hate that cool dude stuff a lot. Yes. And li like that, that not it, where it almost feels like someone's putting themselves not just above their opponent, but above wrestling. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Ah, uh, just never, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I agree. The one person who, who it works for is if you call the Miz a coward over and over again. He still gets heat off of it because that's yes. his character. That's his character. You're not exactly. undercutting him. Right. It's it would be the like, same as going, like, you're the badass that rolls over everybody, Miz. You walk into a room and people are scared. Like, no. Right. You've been in this business forever is. and you're a leader in the locker room. Like, no, that doesn't. That doesn't. It is probably true because Miz has been there forever. He probably mm. is one of the leaders in the locker room. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Like, it seems like he would be, you know, people, younger guys would come to him and ask him for advice, at least with the storytelling stuff. And it's when, possible. If you wanted to talk to somebody about selling stuff on the mic, because John's not there. So if you want to talk yes. to someone about mic work or anything like that, you might go up to Miz and ask him that. True. But, like, I don't want to hear someone come out and be like, oh, well, Miz, you know, in the back, those guys will come up and they'll ask you how to how to talk about things or how to write a segment or how to kiss Bob. I don't want to hear that. Yes. Tell me, uh, leak it to a dirt sheet. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Fuck Dave Meltzer. Unless, of course, As you Bruce guys Fisher are wrestling together and you do something dangerous and you turn to him and you say, good job, bud. And a mic accidentally catches it. Then I'm okay. <laughs> I do like when John Cena wins a match over somebody, you see him slap him on the arm as a thank you. Yeah. I've seen that before. That's nice. Yeah. I that's different. It's a nice little thing. I like that. I like the thank you. <laughs> All right. We have our final question. Our first ever bonus episode. It's so. It was such a good episode that... <laughs> Open Mike Eagle was driven out of the room 
he was in such ecstasy over it. He's Julian can confirm he is passed out on the floor right now, right outside of the studio. That's how good it is. Yeah, that's how good it is. Uh, this is from Chris Maurer. I get Chris, can you change your name to something easier to pronounce for next year? <laughs> XOXO Hal. Uh, Chris asks what our wrestling comfort food is, and he is uh, Chris has a different uh, meaning behind it. Chris, I was assuming you were male. That's wrong of me, but who knows? Uh, my comfort food. This is what I used to. This is what I love to eat when I'm watching wrestling. <laughs> Even though it's not the question, I just want to start with that. Yeah. Seedless rye bread, ham, sliced turkey, rare roast beef, corned beef, tomato, another slice of of seedless rye, plate full of Doritos, kosher dill pickle spears, like the nice sour. Like you get it at Jerry's Famous Deli out here. And a giant like lemonade or apple juice, like a natural apple juice. Oh, that's nice. That's is there, my like, comfort is there food. any mayo on that sandwich? Or no. no? Yeah. Fuck that. It's just meat I want to taste that meat. Yeah, taste that meat. And you know what? You know what happens halfway through? Uh-oh, sandwich is gone. Time to go get another one. <laughs> also, cancel my therapy appointment. <laughs> I've done it. This is self-care. I can't self-care. move. Yeah, I've done it. I practice self-care. Do you have a food you like to eat while you watch wrestling? And then, then we can deal with the real I, question. I just like popcorn anytime. Popcorn and trail mix are like two of my like favorite things. And vodka. Vodka is my favorite. Oh, there we food. go. There That's you go. That's my favorite food when I'm watching wrestling <laughs> or talking about wrestling or taping a podcast. <laughs> I just like vodka. Okay. Now, in terms of wrestling comfort food, where it's a match you will go back and watch over and over again. What is that match for you? Okay, so. Um, there's two things. One's a match and one's not a match. But as far as like, because I have, you know, you have bummer days, you have sad time days where like you watch your, your things that make you kind of feel. That's what I'm taking this as. It's like, mm-hmm. I need, I need, I need something that just feels like a warm blanket. Yeah. Um, so I will watch um, the match where China won the Intercontinental title. From Jeff Jarrett, the good housekeeping match. The good housekeeping I think it was match. at No Mercy '99 or Unfor. Un- it was either No Mercy or Unforgiven. You know I have brain damage. You know I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. Neither was- of us do. I was just trying to like remember. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was. It was. It was. It would have had to have been like '99 or something like that. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was No Mercy. Um, so it's that. That's one that I watch. Like that was as soon as I got the network. Um, which I don't still have. I know. I just couldn't. Can't justify it. Um, but when I first got the network, the first thing I did was watch China's run to the internet into the IC title. Yeah. It's just it's so ah, it just it warms me from the inside, like refreshing vodka. There we like, go. It's just it warms you. Um, and then my other thing, this is not wrestling, um, but it is. Um, it's the Max uh, Max what's his butt Max my dad's my dad's a famous guy Max Landis Max Landis oh the Triple H video the, yeah the wrestling isn't wrestling mm. um, that is it's so well done and it does a great job of using if you haven't seen it go watch it it does a great job of using the career of Triple H to show why wrestling is so great because of the way that it can tell one consistent story if a character stays consistent and motivation stay consistent, how it can tell one consistent story over like 20 something years. Um, it's incredibly fun. It's incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, even everyone on the roster like loved it. Like Triple H like tweeted it out and he was like, this guy gets it. Yeah. Um, and it is the history of his character and just how it ties in. If you ever watched like his, like he, I think he did like a Superman lives thing before where he talked about like the death and rebirth of Superman in like a funny way. Um, 
yeah, watch it. Uh, there's obviously you'll see a couple of like uh, guest appearances and some a bunch of nerdy ladies that you probably recognize from other nerdy projects. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the thing that I watch when I'm when I'm having a. I'll probably I'm gonna watch it when I get home. I have a big TV now. <laughs> I've had it for a while, but I just didn't have anything to watch it with. Yeah. I bought it because my friend, like, was getting rid of it super cheap. But I forgot I was poor. Yep. And, like, you need a way to get the content on the TV. Mm-hmm. So I finally got a Roku. Um, so I think I'm going to watch it when I get home. It's just, it's really, it's really fun. And it's kind of, it's one of those things that's like, yeah, wrestling's yeah. so good. <laughs> uh, for me, non-match is probably the, and I've I've put it over... I put it over in one of our pilot episodes. I don't think I've ever done it since we started a run. It's the video promo package for the two two falls triple threat match at WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, First fall for the did. Intercontinental, I think you did. second fall for the European. It's just like WWE does such a good with their jo- job with their video packages. That one in particular, which is really hard to find, you have to go to like Daily Motion or Vimeo mm. or something, or or uh, watch. WrestleMania 2000 on the network. It's certainly on the DVD. It's because it's a special feature because I had the DVD as soon as it came out. <laughs> but it's so it's so well done and such a great piece of storytelling. And it's really like strong early era Jericho and, and Kurt Angle at the beginning of his rise. And yeah. Benoit when he was still like a mysterious killer coming into the mm, WWE. Bad choice wording. of words. Phrasing, my friend. <clears throat> uh, phrasing, pal. <laughs> but no, he was like that guy who just came in and hurt people. Um, so they were all just, I mean, it couldn't ask for three better wrestlers at the time to be in a match together. Yeah. There's an, another fun thing. Um, sorry, just, no, I, I'm go just ahead. I'm thinking about it right now. I forget what Royal Rumble it was, but they did this really fun, almost, uh, this was during the time when those gap commercials where they would do like, they'd sing like musicals or other things. They've started to get back to that. Yeah. So they did this really funny commercial for the Royal Rumble one year where it's like Vince, like it's every they, they start like snapping and dancing. Oh, it's the like, West Side Story. That was like 2005, one. I think. It's so You could never find it because And they all Benoit's have wigs on? Yeah, because yeah. like, we're gonna go and read the rumble tonight. tonight. Yeah. yeah, it's so the good. The West Side Story, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh gosh, I think that that was, uh, Mysterio was Kevin or whatever, or who, or Kerwin, who was that? Was that? that was Kerwin? Kerwin. Was Kerwin that White? Yeah. Uh, am I thinking the right thing? or was You that? mean Chavo? I am a racist. I am so sorry. <laughs> yes, I met Chavo. I think so. But yeah, no, it was just, it was really funny. They all had, they all had the wigs on. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up and he's like, that wasn't the rumble I was thinking about. Yes. So you can kind of find it on a couple of places. It's very like pixely and you can barely see anything. But that is also like a super, it's like 20 seconds. Go watch it. It's funny. Yes. Uh, match wise, I'll take any Royal Rumble match. I love watching those. So much. But I think maybe the match I will watch over and over again, again, it's from WrestleMania 2000, is the triangle ladder match between the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. Before it was a TLC. My God. It's so good. Oh, my God. So good. And it holds up. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, you'll go back, you'll try to explain to someone, it happens in comedy all the time, too, where you'll try to explain to someone what made a match so special. Mm -hmm. And because people have taken little bits of it or you've seen it in homages and maybe not known that that's what it was. Or yeah. So many people have cribbed off of it. They watch it and they go, well, that just looks like everything else. It's like, no, you don't understand. This was the first, like, this was where it was. It's, you know, <laughs> we'd never seen anything like that before. And that's very much how I feel about that match. I mean, obviously, like, you've seen it in, like, ECW and other yeah. places, but also, I don't want to watch people bleed for fun. I, I like that yeah. version better. I still remember the interview before Devon going like, I don't like ladders huh? and I'm afraid of heights, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is true. He, yeah. he was legit afraid of heights, but 
He went up to the top. Get that jack. And he hung off of the ring. He yeah. hung off of the belt, the belt loop. So I just, that's, I, I mean, it's odd that that's comfort food, that any kind of comfort food would be like two people or six people or however many people beating each other up. But that's one I just, I get lost in over and over again. No, and it's great. And the storytelling of it is great because they did such a good job with those teams. Yes. Um, and yeah, and it was the first time that you really got to see something like that on WWE where it was like that many people and that dynamic. Yeah. Um, and again, like you say, you could see it in other places, but like these were dudes who were like, and then I'm going to throw my head into real glass. And it's like, yes. I don't want that at all. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to eat these bugs. No, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want. We that. don't. God, what was that one? What was that one promotion X something? The extreme one. Oh. Was that it? Oh uh, uh, yeah. No, thank you. We don't want it. Yeah, that wasn't. They didn't get it. They, they didn't, didn't get, get it. what it was. It was just like, oh well, if there's nudity and yeah, whatever. But that wasn't what made it great. It was the storytelling. Yeah. Hit it my was tongue motivation. with a hammer. No. <laughs> choppy choppy, you pee pee. <laughs> oh God. All right. Oh boy. Well. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. If you're if you're a Tights and Fights listener, if you remember the Nation of Conversation, and you're listening to this because you donated during the Max Fund Drive, we thank you for continuing to support the show so much. However, if you are listening to this because you have all the bonus content and you like what you've heard here, you don't even know you haven't even scratched the surface of what the show is. Uh, we we talk every week about wrestling with Mike Eagle in the booth the entire time, uh, and we're Thursdays. Uh, right here on Maximum Fun. So so come check us out. And thank you in general for supporting the network and all the great shows that are part of the Max Fun family. We really appreciate it. Uh, and this drive is really our one time a year that we're able to raise money to help fund all these people who are spending their time making podcasts for you. So thank you for being a part of the Max Fun community. And until next time, I'm Hal Lublin. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Tyson Fights. Tyson Fights Podcast. Tyson Fights.